So tonight, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully you brought your Bibles. If you didn't, then you can just follow along on the screen. But this series that we're kicking off tonight is called Mic Drop. You guys know what that is. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know what the mic drop is. And I looked up, I actually looked up the definition of mic drop. In case you had no idea what this is. And it says this. It is used to emphasize that a discussion is at an end or a, or a definitive or particularly, particularly impressive point has been made. You guys know what mic drop is, right? Like someone says something and they're just like, drop the mic. I'm done. I'm out. I'm yeah, like conversation over and like it, that's it. Right. So this is all about this. The series is called mic drop. And, and basically what it is, Jesus, while he was here on the earth, he, he made many mic drop statements while he was here. And we're going to take a look at a few of those, um, this week and, and upcoming weeks. Um, that Jesus, like he, he dropped some serious mics, like we ran out of mics, Jesus, there's nothing left to drop and he's still dropping them. And so, uh, I want to encourage you guys to take notes tonight. I want to encourage you guys to write some things down because who knows what God could say to your life tonight? Who knows what he could speak to you? One thing we always say is note takers are history makers and note takers go to heaven. So sorry, you guys who aren't taking notes tonight. So. Totally kidding. So Matthew, the book of Matthew 23, we're going to start in verse 1, and uh, we're going to read a little bit tonight. It goes like this. Then Jesus said to the crowds and the disciples, the teachers of the law and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you to do, uh, not do, but do not do what they do. Basically, he's saying that they tell you all kinds of things to do, but he said, don't follow them. Don't do what they tell you to do. He said, for they do not practice what they preach. Who knows people like that? Don't point fingers. Says they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and then put them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their, uh, this is a tough word to say, uh, phylacteries broad. Uh, Basically what that is, it's like kind of like the hat that they wear. Um, And so basically you look really cool and important. So, and the tassels on their garments are long and they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. So here, you're kind of starting to get the picture of what Jesus is, is saying when he's talking about these people, these guys, the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees, they were, they were religious leaders at the time. <clears throat> and they actually knew Scripture. They did. They knew Scripture. They actually knew Scripture better than anyone else. They knew the Word of God better than anyone else. But what's taking place here and what's happening here and what Jesus is pointing out is that a lot of these Pharisees, they were coming against the things that Jesus was saying and that Jesus was teaching. And so when Jesus was on the earth, um, when, what, whether he, when he was doing ministry, like these guys, the Pharisees, they were the worst. They were the worst. Like they didn't like Jesus. They didn't like what he was doing. They didn't like what he was teaching. Like they were constantly coming, coming against him and constantly misleading Christians. And the Pharisees, these were the kind of people who would invite you out to lunch and then expect you to pay. 
Like, hey, you go to lunch with me? Oh, I forgot my wallet. Like, after they order, you know, like, oh, jerk friend, huh? And so, like, they, those, they were those kind of guys. Um, they were the kind of people who, like, they'll bum a ride from their friends, and when they get to the location, they'll be like, oh, okay, can I borrow 10 bucks? Like, they're that guy. And, like, they're the kind of people who are, like, the one-uppers. You know what I'm talking about? They're always, you tell a story, and they tell a better story. And, like, okay, you tell another story, and their story is better than that one. Or they're those, those kind of people who, um, you show a great YouTube video, but they've got one better. You know what I'm talking about? They've always got one. They're one-uppers. They're always better. And always, these guys um, were constantly coming against the things that Jesus was saying. And they were always, always, always in the background. They were always watching Jesus and trying to catch Jesus doing something wrong. And so in this passage, Jesus was, was um, he was hearing these things. And finally, he's had enough. Like, he had it. He's had enough. Like, have you ever heard your mom say, I've had it up to here? Like, well, that's a whole lot. So, um, but, so back to the, back to Matthew 23. Now, like, this is, this is the mic drop moment. This is it. This is the mic drop moment. Because starting in verse 13, if you read this, this whole portion, this whole, basically read all of 23. If you're starting in verse 13, all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 39, which is, he's he's taking this whole part right here and he's calling out the Pharisees. He's calling them out. And like every other verse, like you'll read through there, he's calling them out. And like, you guys, you ever have that moment where like your mom or your parent or someone is like, they're ripping you up one side and down the other. You know what I'm talking about? And they're like, they're just going off and they're probably wagging their finger in your face and they're pointing at you and, and they're just going off on you and telling you, how rotten you are, how bad you are, whatever you did was wrong. And, and, and I imagine this is kind of what Jesus was doing with these guys. And, and at one point, if you read in here, he was actually calling them serpents. He was calling them vipers. And, and, and he calls them in, in that whole series of scripture multiple times. He's saying, you hypocrites, you hypocrites. You hypocrites, like several different times. He's calling these guys hypocrites, and, and it's awesome. And, and I want to encourage you guys to read it yourself. But we're going to read verse 27. Um, he says this, woe to you. Basically, he's saying, who do you think you are? He's saying, and there's this, all kinds of these verses that it starts out, woe to you. He's basically, who do you think you are? You hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look, they look beautiful on the outside, but they're full of bones and everything dead and unclean on the inside. And in the same way, on the outside, you appear as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and you're full of wickedness. Boom. I just need to get me a fake microphone and just drop it. Like he's he's he he cuts these guys down. Like he's telling them, "Whoa, who do you think you are? You bunch of hypocrites! You're no good. You're leading these people the wrong way. You're only serving yourself. You're only all about yourself. You don't care about anyone else." Like he's cutting them up and down and all over. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Boom!" And Jesus walks away. Like I could imagine being there at that moment. Like mic drops crowd cloud of dust comes up around it and next thing you see is just jesus walking away it would probably look like max from behind but like and, and it's and it'd be awesome like how cool would it be to be there at that moment but the crazy thing is is the pharisees these guys like i said a minute ago they knew scripture better than anyone else 
They knew what was then the Bible better than anyone else. And these, these Pharisees, they were spending time at the church all the time. They were there all the time. They were there more than anyone else. But these guys missed the whole point. They missed the whole point. They, they missed the fact that Jesus doesn't care about what the outside was because Jesus looks on the inside. Who's thankful for that? Like, I'm not a pretty person. So I'm really thankful that God looks at the inside. Um, I've lost weight, though, so yeah, I'm... I'm I'm, 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 I'm starting. I'm getting, but don't stop, 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 stop it. Stop it. Go milk a goat. So don't you, don't you guys love that Jesus, he does that. Don't you, aren't you guys thankful that Jesus doesn't point out people and like, they're pretty. I like them. They're good looking. I like them. They're awesome. I like them. Don't he, aren't you guys thankful that he doesn't do that? He looks at what's on the inside. He looks at what's in our hearts and he says, I like that. I like that. Uh, and, and these guys, these Pharisees, they knew Scripture. Like I said, they were at church all the time, and, and, and they could put on a good show, and they could quote Scripture, and they got it all wrong because Jesus, he doesn't look at what's on the outside. He looks at what's on the inside. And here's that same, that same passage that I read just a minute ago, but in, in the message version, I want you to hear it like this. It, I, I love it. It says this, you're hopeless. You... You religion scholars and Pharisees, frauds, you're like manicured grave plots, grass clipped and the flowers bright, but six feet down, it's all rotting bones and worm eating flesh. People look at you and they think you're saints, but beneath the skin, you're total frauds. Mic drop. Jesus compares them to graves. He compares them to a grave. And I want you to write this down. I want you to know this. No matter how good you can make a grave look, it still contains death on the inside. See, in, in, in fact, um, a lot of things in life have an incredible appearance. But when you find out what's on the inside, you're like, I don't care for that. I don't like that. You're like, you, like I remember this time, the first time I ever ate a grapefruit. Um. So I was young and I didn't know the difference. And I love oranges. Anybody else love oranges? I love oranges. I just peel those things, like eat oranges. So I found a grapefruit and I was like, a really big orange. This is awesome. This is going to be so good. And so, so I peel this grapefruit, just how I would peel an orange. And I was like, okay, this is a little bit different. Um, but I don't care because it's a really big orange. And, and my mouth was watering and I was so excited to eat this thing. And then I took a big bite out of this grapefruit. This is not a orange. This is not an orange. That is bleh, like, spin that out. Gross. Like, what, what are you trying to do to me, mom? Like, she was sitting and watching the whole time. And, like, it, it's like those bean boozled jelly beans. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it could be tutti fruity or it could be stinky socks. Like you never know. Like what goes on the outside is definitely not what's on the inside. You guys ever taken a trip and stayed in a hotel? Who likes to stay in hotels? Who just enjoys that? Like it's like getting away on a vacation, right? Like I'm away from home. Like like you go to a nice hotel, you, you check in, you pay, you walk to your room and you open the door and it's like, one of those moments where you immediately realize that you've made a bad decision and you're like, refund, please. Too late. 
And, and um, like, you, you open the door and you're like, did, did someone die in here? Like, there's a smell that hits you all of a sudden. And, and now, here's the deal. When you go to a hotel, it's supposed to be, like, a, a different experience. It's supposed to be an experience. Like, I know people who, who will rent a hotel room in the same town that they live in just to get away because it feels like a vacation. You guys probably know who people like who do that as well. But when I go to a hotel, when I step in the door, like the sliding doors open, I'm like, oh, I step into a hotel room. One of the first things that you smell is chlorine, right? And that tells you like, okay, there's a pool here. They got a pool here and it's like, it's going to be good. And, and one of the next things that you smell is a a lot of times or sometimes uh, hotels will have complimentary cookies. Yeah, like chocolate chip, like peanut butter, snickerdoodles, like it's good stuff. And and like some hotels, some hotels, you get to the room, you guys, you get a complimentary robe. Oh, you guys, like I, I never even use or have use for a robe, but I'll put that thing on. And I lay in the bed and watch cops, you know, because that's what all hotels play for some reason is cops, bad boys, bad boys. What are you going to do? So it's like, and and if you're like me and you don't have cable, you're like me and you don't have cable, you don't have dish or any of that stuff, satellite, you're like, this is awesome. Like a million channels to choose from and nothing's on any of them, but cops. And like, like let's, and I like me, like I'm like turning on ESPN. Cause I don't get to watch that. Um, like ESPN's on like the whole time. Chris, like turn that off. I'll just turn it down. So, but like, but you get to this hotel room and it's bad. Like you, and it's bad. And like, usually in a hotel room to go to bed, you, you take off clothes. Um, not all of them, but you take off clothes to get into the bed. But like this place is so bad. Like you're putting on everything in your suitcase before you get into the bed. And cause you don't want to touch anything like for real, it's gross. So like you guys, you know, the game where you don't want to touch the floor cause it's lava. You guys, some of these hotels are so nasty. Like you don't want to touch the floor with like your feet will stick to the floor. And I'm not even going to get started on the bathroom. That's not all oh, Jesus help me right now. But the, the whole point is that it appeared to be a nice hotel. It looked awesome on the, on the outside. It was great on the outside. They had a fountain. They had cookies. They had a pool, everything. The outside looked great. But when you got on the, the inside, it's like it's stepping into a, a middle schooler's bedroom. Like it was bad. It stank. There was probably like you turn the lights out and you hear things scratching on the walls. You're like, oh, Jesus, please help me right now. Like you're praying the whole, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. You like plug in your ears with socks and stuff. But but here, listen, listen, listen. I don't know. Plug in your mouth with socks. But it, it doesn't matter what something appears to be because you're defined by what God sees. It doesn't matter how you appear and how you look because our lives matter. It doesn't matter what you appear to be because you're defined by what God sees. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside because God sees the real you on the inside. And whatever's on the inside will always come out on the surface. 
whatever you put on the inside of your life will always, it will eventually show out on the surface. Like things you are on the inside will continually make their way out. And then people will begin to see what you're actually like. I, I know some people who are absolutely beautiful, gorgeous on the outside. Beautiful people. But their ugliness on the inside makes them disgusting. But I've also known people who we, who the world would consider not attractive, but their beauty on the inside made them the, the kind of person that everybody wanted to be around. You guys ever see like a guy who's like not even really very good looking and he's got a really hot wife? That's me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but no, <laughs> for real, for real. The, let me tell you a secret. The way that those guys do that is because they're beautiful on the inside. It's who God has created them to be on the inside, and they let that show on the outside. And guys, that is attractive. That is attractive. It's attractive for you to be a, a, for let God's light shine through you, and it shines on the outside. That is attractive. Uh, there, there are some kind of there are some people who have both. Beautiful on the outside and on the inside. I'm married to one. She's a five threat. Singing, acting, modeling, dancing, and magicianing. Like she's a five threat. So some of us in here, like, sorry, I sorry, sidetrack. But some of us in here, I'm sorry, and we're back. Some of us in here, we're we're so focused on what we look like on the outside, we miss what God wants to do on the inside of us. We miss what God wants to do in our hearts. And sometimes we can look so good on the outside, but we're really, like the Bible said, like Jesus said, whitewashed tombs. Like like this verse, like look good on the outside, dead on the inside. There's three things I want you to know tonight. Um, a few characteristics about dead things. The first thing is this. Dead people don't move. Obviously, if you come in contact with something that is dead but is moving, you better run. Um, like even you zombie lovers, I know, blah, blah, blah. If it's moving, you better get out of there. Um, because dead things don't move. Dead things don't move. I, I wonder how many of us follow, follow people on our social media, um, people at school, who we, we constantly, people we try to emulate, people we try to be like, we, we see their lives and you're like, I want that, I want to be like that. Like, and we see, uh, we see what they're doing and we follow them and what we want to do what they do as, as much as we can. And all the while, we follow people who may look good on the outside, but they're leading us nowhere because of the death and the decay on the inside. Second Corinthians says this, it says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? See, if you're placing your hope in something that is dead, you're going to go nowhere fast. See, people put their hope in dead things all the time. All the time, people put their hope in dead things. People all around put their hope in a dead religion. People put their hope in dead politics. But tonight you've got to know, and maybe you need to be reminded tonight, that Jesus came to bring you life. And not just life, but he came to bring you an abundant life. 
a great life, a blessed life, an awesome life. He's called you to, to be out of the dark and to live in the light. He's given you the same. You guys, yeah, you need to know this. You need to realize this. He has given every one of you guys the same power that he had when he was on this earth. The same power and the same abilities that he had to do everything that he, that and, and, and more. And what God is calling you to, to constantly be moving forward in the call he has for your life. And if you're hanging around dead people, you're not going anywhere. Dead, dead people don't move. Everybody say that. Dead people don't move. Second thing is this. Dead things stink. Anyone, uh, have any of you ever had a dead mouse in your house? Yeah, if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Like, or a dead cat in your backyard. Um, oh, just me? Sorry. Um, but, but listen, listen, dead things stink. Dead things stink. I, I caught a mouse in a mouse trap one time and I didn't know the mouse was caught until I started smelling it. Right. You guys know what I'm talking about. And, and if you hang around something dead long enough, you'll begin to smell like it. You'll begin to be like that. And I'm not like talking about like a smelly smell, fragrant smell, but you will begin to be like that. Like I had a friend, uh, uh, some friends in high school, we were always playing pranks and, and doing things. And one day we caught a fish and it was in the middle of summer, like a billion degrees, like it is now. And uh, we caught this fish and, and it died. Um, and we put it underneath our friend's seat in his car. And we just let it sit, like closed the doors, rolled up all the windows and just let it sit and bake in the sun. And, and I, I felt really bad because that guy, we had to pay to get, his dad was really, really mad at us. We had to pay to get his car all cleaned and detailed. Uh, and, but the guy, the best part about it is like the guy smelled like dead fish all day. Um, but here, here, you need to know this. Anything that you spend time with, whatever you hang out, whoever you hang out with, you begin to be like that. You begin to smell like that. Like, how many of you guys have ever had this experience? Like, the people who you put yourself around, you start to become like them. You start to, maybe your mannerisms, or the, maybe the way you talk. I don't know. Like, I had this friend named Brian Butler. Uh, Weird kid, like awkward. He's kind of quirky, kind of crazy, kind of different. And I would hang out with him all the time. And my mom finally was like, you're acting just like Brian. No, I'm not. Who do you think you are? Like, no, yeah. And so I finally realized, yeah, I'm saying dumb things that Brian would say. I'm doing dumb things that Brian would do. If you put yourself around people long enough that you begin to emulate them, you begin to act like them, you begin to be like them. Like you've ever had something for dinner? And you walk into to a room or you walk into church, walk into Emerge on Wednesday nights. And everybody's like, you had Taco Bell. You didn't invite me because you smell like Taco Bell. And, and you begin to smell like what you've been around. You begin to act like what you've been around. You begin to be like the person, people that you're around. I've been told this, that the Wyatt family, me, my family, we have a smell. Serious? Huh? No, 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 no. But like, I don't know what it is, but we have this smell. It's like, like, um, 
Was it you? Like we were in your van and you were not. And then you got in your van later and we were not. And you were like, oh, the Wyatts have been here. And I'm like, what? And like we have, I hope we smell good. I hope it's okay. But um, <clears throat> some of you here tonight, some of you here tonight, people have no idea you come to church. Some of you here tonight, people have no idea that you, 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 you have a relationship with Jesus. Some people have no idea outside of this building that you ever go to church or you ever have anything to do with God because you don't smell like the things of God. You've been hanging around with dead things. People notice where you spend your time. People know where you spend your time. Some of you guys, school's about to start. I know, wah, wah. But when, when school starts or even through, throughout the school year, <clears throat> will people even know that you roll with Jesus? Will people even notice that? Will people even take notice of, of what God has done in your life? You, some of you guys have had an amazing summer, mission trips and camps and all this kind of stuff that God's done in your life. When school starts here in a few weeks, will anybody even notice that, that you've got a relationship with Jesus? Will anybody know that? See, that's why, plug, you need to come to engage the campus. The 20th of this month, actually here in a couple weekends, this, it's, it's an event that's held here at our church, the 20th, and it's all about sharing your faith with your friends. Simple ways, simple ways to have conversations to share Jesus with your friends. You need to be here. It's 15 bucks. You get a t-shirt. You get Chick-fil-A, band, lots of speakers. Tons of other teenagers are going to be here. Lots of other churches are going to be here at our church, and it's going to be awesome. You need to be here. But outside of this room, if people were to look at your life and to know you, would they even be aware that you're a Christian? Would they even know that you're a follower of Jesus? Because anyone in this room can play Christian. Anyone, anyone can act like a Christian. Anyone can do the right things. Anyone can raise their hands. Anyone can clap. Anyone can do whatever it is. Anyone can bring their Bible and take notes, which most people should. But anyone can play Christian. It, it, but it's it, it's really hard to follow God if you spend all of your time with dead things. <clears throat> dead things don't move. Dead things stink. The third thing is what you follow is what you become. What you follow is what you become. You become like the people you spend time with. How many of you guys have ever heard, maybe um, you, you've ever heard someone say, maybe your mom or, Maybe me, because I think I've said this before. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. You guys ever heard that? The people that you put yourself around all the time are the people you're, you're setting yourself up to be in the future. Like, if you want to be great, man, put yourself around great people. <clears throat> and and that, that quote, that phrase, it's totally true. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. It's totally true. You want to be great? Put yourself around great people. If you see something godly in someone that you admire, put yourself around those people. Ask them questions. Try to be, just like Paul said, he, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, don't be just like me, but I'm going to show you Jesus. I'm going to point you to Jesus. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Put yourself around someone to learn. I, I know like a lot of you guys who, who went to Nicaragua this summer, a lot of you guys totally loved Kirsten, 
one of our leaders there because you could see the presence of God in her life. You could see how she functioned in her God-given gifts that she would use. And, and in the prayer times, man, it was powerful and it was awesome. And you're just like, I want to be like that. I don't know if you guys were, but I, I even was like, she influenced me. And I was like, I, I want some more. I want what the Jesus that you have in your life. And, and we need to be like that. If you see God in someone's life, you see that someone has a great prayer life. Someone has a great devotion life. So you see, you admire the way someone worships or whatever it is. Put yourself around people who are pushing and striving and growing to be more and more like Jesus. Who you put yourself around is who you become. If you follow whitewashed tombs, guess what you'll be like? Dead. You may look good on the outside, but pretty soon everything is going to come crashing down and you'll have nothing because there's nothing on the inside. But if you follow Jesus, there's freedom. There's hope in the midst of chaos. Tonight, there's many of us in this room, we're looking like whitewashed tombs. Tonight, you're looking like like whitewashed tombs. Are you looking like whitewashed tombs or are you following Jesus? What you follow is what you become. Matthew 16, 24, it says this. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. Tonight, carrying the cross, it leads to fulfillment. It leads to following whitewashed tombs leads to emptiness. Jesus never said follow him. following him was going to be easy. You guys need to know that. If anyone ever told you when you became a follower of Jesus that this thing was going to be simple, you just say a prayer and like, boom, I'm in heaven. That's not the way it works. It's not, he never, Jesus never said this was going to be easy. Someone else may have told you that, a Pharisee, but Jesus never said that living this, he said, you're going to have to carry your cross. You're going to suffer. You're going to go through some things. You're going to struggle. It's not going to be easy all the time. But tonight, um, carrying your cross is the only thing that will lead to fulfillment. See, I believe that you and I, every one of us, we were created for more. We were created for more. You were created to be ones who influence others, not ones to be influenced. Not to be, you guys, every one of you guys in this room, you were created for more. There's nothing wrong with, with following people. But take a good look at who you're following. Take a good look at the kind of people that you're putting yourself around. Are they dead, whitewashed tombs? Are they people who are helping you get to Jesus? The best friend you'll ever have, the best people you'll ever have around you are people who help point you to Jesus. That's the best friends that you'll ever have. What you follow is what you become. But know this, what you become is what other people will follow. What you become is what other people will follow. Not only you are you being influenced, but you have the ability to influence others. Friends, siblings, maybe even your parents, your family. Um, siblings or, or friends, these people, they've probably seen you go to church. Or they probably heard you say that you go to church. They, they, they know that you follow Jesus. And know this, those people are watching you to see what that looks like and if they want to be like that. 
Are you being changed on the inside as well as the outside? People are watching. You have the ability to influence others whether you like it or not. There's some of you guys in this room that you guys are strong influencers on a lot of people. You guys have the ability to, to lead a whole group of people. You have the ability to step up and do some things that not everyone can do. You are, you are, are, are talented leaders, and you may not realize it, and you may not know it yet. Some of you may, but you have the ability to lead people in great ways, in great directions. Whether you like it or not, know this, that Jesus didn't come to the earth to make bad people good. He, may, he came to the earth to make dead people alive. He didn't come to make bad people good, but he came to make dead people alive. He's so, Jesus, he's so much more than what you think he is. You don't have to come to emerge every single week and feel broken and beat down and dead and empty. Jesus can bring you freedom. He says you're powerful. He says you're forgiven. He says you're blessed. And some of you guys, you need to remind yourselves of that often. You need to know who you are in Christ. God is telling you that your life is so much more than the outer appearance. It's so much more than the outer appearance. Um, I need to wrap up, but could we have our leaders come to the front? And just kind of stand across the front and, and, and um, you know, Jesus didn't just come to the earth to make you a better person. He came to bring you, bring you from death to life. It's an eternal promise. It's who he is. It's what he does. Tonight, you're either following a whitewashed tomb or are you ready to be an influencer? Who are you following? Who are you following? Who are the kind of people that you're putting yourself around? 